This is Women Who Build Empires, a podcast celebrating women entrepreneurs and thought leaders who are turning the tables on outdated old school belief systems and building business empires that align with who they are, how they work, and how they are leaving a lasting legacy. And I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business consultant for ambitious women entrepreneurs who are boldly taking their business to the next level. In each episode, you're going to get to know the women who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of how both success and failure have helped them become incredible CEOs. Hey, Empresses. On today's show, I'm interviewing Beth Hoving, who is the Senior Vice President and the East Division Business Support Executive for Small Business at Bank of America. So while not an entrepreneur, Beth is one of the biggest supporters of entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs. And I have been so inspired by her enthusiasm and her dedication to helping more women succeed. So I had to have her on the podcast. Um, We talked about in the interview a whole range of different topics and including what the future of banking um, looks like for all of us, um, but especially business owners over the next couple of years. And we talk about her career, which while she's been in banking for over 20 years, she's held numerous roles and been able to be in different areas of banking. So she's been able to really see all aspects of finance which helps her help her clients more effectively. But she also talks about how she's utilized different skills and her love for people and for money. Hey Beth, welcome to Women Who Build Empires. I have been looking forward to this conversation since you and I really first started talking about it like a month ago or a month and a half ago. Um, We met at NABA, which is the National Association of Women Business Owners. And in our Charlotte chapter, Bank of America is one of the the sponsors. You are an incredible human, so I'm honored that you're here. And as we were just saying, personal congratulations on 26 years of service at Bank of America, and thank you for being on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here as well. What is that like? Because I think you are the first person I've had on the show, and we're getting close to 200 episodes, who has been at the same company, same business, even though you've had a ton of different roles. What has that been like to be in the same company for that long and watch it grow and change and shift, particularly with the times that we're in now? Yeah, well, first of all, it's hard to believe. It doesn't feel like 26 years. I don't feel old enough, but it also doesn't feel like it's been that long. But I think part of it is because I, I've changed roles. And part of it is because the company has continued to evolve so much. So and I think about when I started, started in 1997, right out of school, you know, kind of entry level job, I've always been on the business side of the bank. Mm-hmm. So I've never been on the consumer, you know, like working inside a branch kind of role. It's always been supporting businesses. But um, you know, when I, I started, I was actually in the Kansas City area. Uh, I grew up in Kansas. So I went to Kansas State University. And then I had moved to Kansas City to take this job with Nations Bank. And they had just purchased a, a bank in the Midwest. 
And the department that I joined was called the Credit Services Unit West, because that was as far west as the bank went at the time. So it's one of those, like, it's hard to even remember when we were that small, but Mm -hmm. it felt like a huge company at the time, you know, right out of school. But over the course of the next 10 years, I mean, those were just the rapid merger years. And so we were constantly growing and changing and taking best practices on from other companies. So it was a very dynamic environment. Mm -hmm. And then there was a financial crisis and how that forever changed the landscape of banking, especially at, at large companies. And now I'm more working with small businesses and entrepreneurs. And that's been like the second half of my career. I'm far from done. But that's been a completely different experience uh, for me as well. So it just keeps evolving and changing, as do I, personally and professionally. So time really does fly. And I don't think I could stay with a static company or a static role for that long. But because it's continued to shift, it has certainly worked for me and excited to see where I go from here and where the company goes from here. Mm -hmm. It seems like just like having read your bio and knowing a little bit about you that it's almost like you've been able to work with like under the umbrella of Bank of America within all these different divisions, which are almost like little mini companies Mm -hmm. in themselves. So share with everybody a little bit about like what Bank of America offers. One of the things that I have really appreciated and getting to know you and a lot of your team members is that they are very people oriented. Diversity is important. Just having that relationship, which I think a lot of people don't think is possible in a big organization anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear you say that because that's exactly what we strive for. But a lot of times there's an impression, especially with small business owners, for whatever reason, that Bank of America is too big or they don't want to work with a company of my size. And that's absolutely not true. Um, you know, there's what I love about the business side of Bank of America is it's the entire spectrum. So from someone who literally just got their business name and their business license and they're, you know, they're going to start opening their doors or starting to provide services, we can help them. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way through, you know, the, the largest corporations in the world. And we've got services in the whole spectrum. But there's also that specialized expertise at every single level, including our smallest business owners. There's someone who can spend time with you and get to know what, what are your personal life priorities? What are your business priorities? And then align different solutions to help you. Because it is challenging to navigate if you were doing it on your own. But when you have that personal advice and someone who wants to get to know you and understand what your priorities are first and then help figure out, okay, right now you might just need a checking account. And, you know, it's never too early to get a business credit card and start building a credit history for your business. Or you can get a car that you use to run your business. Um, Those are things we can do for a brand new entrepreneur. We're not going to give you a real estate loan or offer some, you know, super complex services that you don't need, but there, there are some things early on. And then as you grow and evolve, you've got that personal touch all along the way to help you figure out, okay, what do I need to do next? And how do I grow and expand? And my, my bank 
can grow along with me. You don't have to ever switch. Right. Right. I just think that's so much fun and, but so helpful and particularly I think as businesses are growing, there's enough things changing, having somebody that is managing your money and holding things for you consistently um, and having that relationship, as I said, with some of your team members just gives business owners confidence, peace of mind, um, one less thing on the to-do list to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I love about how banking has evolved is you have so many more options on how you want to do your banking. So I personally do all my banking on my phone. Like, you know, I, I very rarely walk into a brick and mortar banking office. You know, right. it's everything that I do is, is digital or on my phone. Um, a lot of people prefer that. But there are times when you want to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation with someone that's more strategic or advisory, um, or, you know, God forbid there's a problem. You have some kind of fraud on your account. Um, you know, you can pick up the phone and call a person and say, okay, help me navigate. Even if it ends up being, you can do this online or you can call this phone number. Having someone that can direct you towards that and help you know where to go is so important in those those moments that matter, the, the challenging ones, as well as the opportunities. Okay, I just got this huge new contract and I'm going to need some access to capital or I need some advice on how to take payments in a new and different way. Who can help me figure out what I need and then how to take those next steps? Right. What other changes, if you're allowed to, to share, what other changes could be um, coming for small business owners in, in banking that would help them grow? And where is the trajectory of, of banking going just overall? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways that banking is stable, right? Like a, a checking account is a checking account, a, a loan, a credit card, like there's some of our bank products that are, are just very stable. I, I think what continues to evolve is how you access it. Like I was just talking about a lot more digital access, um, ways to do things online, more and more options to do that, um, which is more convenient. And you usually get access to your money faster. You know, there's just all kinds of benefits to that. Um, There's also more digital tools out there than I think people are aware of, at least at a a large company like Bank of America. So that's where I think the the differentiators come in on, you know, checking account. But if there are ways that once you have an account with us, you now have access to these tools that can help you with your cash flow forecasting Mm -hmm. or, you know, and that's true for the personal side and the business side. Are you spending more than you're making? Um, are there some trends in your bills going up? You know, what does that look like? There's all kinds of cash flow forecasting tools and calculators that you can get in and play around with to get advice. And speaking of advice, I know a lot of the artificial intelligence is the hot topic right now, right? Like right. we've had Erica for years. Now we continue to make that better and better. Um, but Erica, as you can ask a question, you can either type it in or actually use voice command and ask her a question um, and, and she'll go find the answer. So you, you mentioned Nabo earlier. We were at a Nabo conference two weeks ago in, in D.C. and um, I was with my colleague Jill and we got asked a question about 
Um, can I get some foreign currency at the local bank account? We didn't know the answer to that, but we literally picked up the phone, logged into one of our accounts and asked Erica, like, how do we, um, you know, get, get foreign currency? And she gave us three different options and the amount of time that it would take for each one. I mean, it's really amazing where that all um, is headed. And then, you know, I think the payment space really continues to evolve. So Mm -hmm. again, we have the full spectrum of if you're a, a, either an individual or a a smaller business, things like Zelle that are available. um, You know, we, we have that option for businesses as well, where very easy to make payments, transfers, receive payments, super simple. Um, but as you get more and more complex in your business model, your needs become more complex. Um, you might need merchant services. You might need treasury solutions, foreign exchange, like different payment options. And so that space really continues to evolve. But again, a lot, a lot of it's pretty stable. I think the differentiators are the digital platform and resources that are available to you, the expertise that you already talked about, you know, we're constantly putting out industry reporting, um, you know, bringing advice and expertise based on the industry that you're in, or what's going on in the economy. You know, here's our predictions on where things are headed. And then uh, rewards programs. So that's something that, you know, banks are competing for your business and uh, non-banks or other financial institutions, how are they going to reward you for the business that you bring over. So that's what can differentiate like a credit card or a deposit account is, um, you know, we have a preferred rewards program where the more business you do with us, the more rewards you're going to get Mm -hmm. um, as a result of that. So that can, um, that will continue to, to evolve and um, innovate as well. Okay. So I love rewards. So what are, how does the rewards program work? Yeah. So it depends on like if it's a if it's a deposit account, it will be like if you have so much imbalances with us. And I'm not going to go into the specific details, although we, we can, you know, for anyone who has who has questions. Um, but you know, there are different tiers of rewards based on the balances that you keep with us on, you know, like a 90 day average or something like that. And then it's um, the different tiers will will apply to other banking solutions that you have. So you might get some better rates on on things. You, um, and then with your credit cards, you're probably very familiar with, you know, credit card points. And so um, we tend to have two different programs, cash rewards or travel rewards. And so again, that's where it's great to have a specialist to sit down with you and say, okay, what's most important to you? Cash rewards or travel rewards? And then we have a calculator where we can help you see like, okay, if you're spending X amount, here's the rewards that you can potentially get. Um, here's the benefits of being in this rewards program. You'll get better rates on some of your, um, your accounts or better discounted rates on, um, you know, other products. And so lots of different options, but it's basically rewarding you for the business that you do and keep with us. Cool. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your, your career trajectory, because you've been in a lot of different roles, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Walk us through you starting and how different opportunities have come to you, what you've been looking for at different times, because I'm sure your interests have changed over the years, mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. with everybody. 
So share a little bit about what that's been like. So first, I have to tell you a story about how I came to the bank to begin with, because it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I knew I wanted to go into business. Like that was pretty solid for me, even as a high school senior. Like I, I, uh, I was actually on a plane with my dad and this is when remember they used to hand out magazines on airplanes. I'll date myself here, but. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I are close <laughs> to the same age. So. Yeah. So they, I picked up this working woman magazine and there was an article on top 10 jobs for women in the nineties. And I, one of them was human resources. And so I asked my dad, cause he was a career Boeing guy, you know, he'd been in the corporate world um, my whole life. And I asked him about it and he was like, Oh, actually, I think that'd be really good for you because you've got this head for numbers, but you're also very personable. And that's really the people side of a business. And he let me go to work with him one day and interview all these people in human resources and find out more about it. So I was pretty set in knowing, okay, I want to go into business. So I majored in business management. I had an emphasis in human resources. I accidentally got a minor in economics because I'm such a nerd. I just fell in love with that topic. And I, I kept using all my electives to take more econ classes. <laughs> and my advisor was like, you know, you have, you qualify now for a minor in, in econ. That is too so, fun. Um, I am the opposite. I got my, my nerdy side. <laughs> I did the two requirements, hated every second of it and never took another econ class. <laughs> I think that's much more typical than, than what happened to me. Um, okay, that's good though. That's what all makes us, us different. Yeah. And had no idea, you know, where all that would lead. And, you know, senior year comes around, you're, you're interviewing for jobs. And it was this odd, every company I was interested in didn't call me back. And, you know, the ones that did, I just didn't feel like a good fit. And spring break came around, still didn't have a job lined up yet. And one of my professors had flown out to Myrtle Beach on a golf trip. And on his flight home, he was sitting next to two, you know, very chatty women from Nations Bank. And they started up a conversation, you know, oh, what do you do? And what brings you to Kansas City? And um, they told him they were, you know, part of, there was this merger going on. They were starting this new department. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a college professor. What kind of people are you looking for? And they said, we really just need people with basic, like accounting, finance, the minimum requirements we can teach them what they need to know about banking and about credit, but we really need people with a lot of energy, good communication, good leadership skills to help us get this department up and running. And he got their card, pulled me out of class on Monday. Like, do you have a job yet? I said, no, I'm kind of freaking out. He's like, I really think you should call these people. And so that's how I ended up in banking and at this bank in particular. So it was, uh, <laughs> really interesting uh, starting uh, origin story for my career at the bank. That's wonderful, though. It's almost like the universe just lined up for you. um, And at the right moment, everything came together. Exactly, exactly. And I also use that as a, a teaching story with my kids on like, always be nice to your teachers and your professors and make sure they get to know you because you never know where that might lead. Um, so yeah, so I started in like an entry level role. We were, um, we analyzed middle market and business banking size clients 
they would, you know, send in all their financials and everything. And it was usually a client who already had an existing loan with us and we would monitor that on a regular basis. So we were looking at um, doing ratio calculations and looking at their cash flow and debt service coverage. And so I learned credit, which I had no idea how much that was going to benefit me over the course of my career to go through that kind of credit training. It was a fun department, lots of young people, but they were right. Like we really had to sell this centralized model. And so we had to build strong relationships and learn the credit and, and banking side of things. It was a great opportunity. And a couple of years into that, the department's up and running. Now I'm just, you know, crunching numbers eight hours a day. That wasn't really the best fit for me. So I was constantly bugging my team leaders on, is there anything else I can do? What, how, what can I help with? And they were expanding. So they let me help with some recruiting trips. And then it's like, okay, now we've hired a bunch of people. We've got to train them. And we had a trainer who actually sat in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she happened to be one of the women on the plane, by the way, too. Full, full circle universe story there. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So we worked out this plan where I would fly out to Charlotte and watch her teach the bankers um, or teach the analysts this training program. And then I would come back and teach it in Kansas City. So we were on like an every other week um, schedule. And I just absolutely fell in love with training. I loved being able to help and teach and coach and um, just really found a passion around that. And through her, I was introduced to people in Charlotte who actually did this for a living and, you know, just focused on training and credit training in particular. So I ended up um, getting offered an opportunity with the training team. At the time, all training was still done in person. So, and it was all done in Charlotte. And so the opportunity was in Charlotte. So um, my husband at the time and I picked up and moved, I think with like two weeks notice. <laughs> we're, wow. we're more carefree than like, okay, we're going to move our whole lives to Charlotte. But I fell in love with Charlotte too. The first time I came here, just the, the trees, the climate, the size of the city. It was, it was a really good fit. So moved to Charlotte. I ended up being in the training area for about 12 years. So it started out, I was facilitating training classes. I got to travel all over the country and teach and support the business. And then when I started having children, I was like, okay, I don't want to travel as much. So I moved into like some program management. So I would run a, an 18 month college hire program where I had responsibility for these people throughout the course of their first 18 months. Um, and, you know, got, still got to do some teaching locally, but I wasn't traveling as much and then moved into more of a consulting role. So still in a training department, but I was like the liaison between the line of business executives on, okay, help me understand your priorities, where are there some potential skill gaps with your people? Where do you think it's a skill gap, but maybe it's something else and consult with them on that. And then if it does turn out you need training, do we have the internal resources to deliver that? Do we need to find a, an outside vendor who we have a relationship with who can come in and teach that training? Um, and, and that was uh, a lot of what I was doing towards the end of that 12-year period. Also, during that time is when we were going through a lot of mergers. And so there would be a time when, you know, it would be announced, okay, Bank of America is merging with Fleet. First Boston was probably one you'd be familiar with. Right. And 
So it would be like, okay, stop everything you're doing. You're now officially on the merger team because there's so many training needs related to bringing two companies together. And so I worked on multiple mergers over the years um, and got a lot of different exposure and experience. I got to learn all kinds of different parts of our commercial banking business and different areas of, of expertise. And by the end of it, I had really fallen in love with small business. So when I first started to work on, it was a, actually like a phone-based channel where we weren't even meeting with business owners uh, of that size in person at the time. It was all done over the phone. But just the, the difference in the conversation, you know, a large company, um, you know, it, it's more complex, but they also have an entire HR department and uh, they probably have their own CFO and in-house controller and accounting. And so it's a very different conversation than when it's you, Emmy, running your business and you know, you need more advice and expertise. You're probably in more of a, a growth mode. And so I just really fell in love with that entrepreneurial spirit. I admire small business owners, but I don't have that. I'm, I'm pretty risk averse, um, <laughs> but I love working with them and getting to, to help support their journey. And so I, I moved out of learning into the, the sales side of the business, like the client-facing side. So I worked with that phone channel for a while. Um, I became the, the market manager for the North Carolina market. So I managed the small business bankers like who you've had some exposure to um, across Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh. And then uh, I went back into kind of a training academy role to build out leadership programs for our managers. So I had just done the job and they were like, hey, um, we're, we want to build some training programs for these people. You, you've got a background in training and you've been in that role. We could really use your expertise. So I, I worked in our academy for a while and then went back into the line of business in a credit executive role. It was um, a national opportunity to help support small business lending. And then I became a region executive around 2019. So I was managing the small business team across the Carolinas, uh, Virginia, Maryland, greater DC, Philadelphia, uh, and Delaware. And um, then COVID happened during that time. That was a very interesting shift for how we did business, but also how our clients did business and what they were going through and the paycheck protection program. Like there was, that was a whole massive shift. Um, for us uh, while I was leading a, a pretty large organization. So that was interesting. And then about a year and a half ago, I took a role as a business support executive uh, for the entire East division. So more of like a chief of staff role. So everything but the sales side of things is what I'm doing now, um, which has been a great learning experience for me. It sounds fascinating. And like you get, to, you've gotten to do, I mean, obviously all sorts of different things but really utilize the skills that you enjoyed early on too, with numbers and people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great way to put it. And it, it's interesting when I, I have people ask about my career and they're like, Oh, you know, like you're now in this perfect fit job. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't even know this job would exist when I was starting out. You know, it's like the, the, the dots connect. And when you're looking backwards, you're like, Oh, I can see how all that connects. But when I was looking forward, I didn't always know, 
what the next opportunity was going to be, but I followed what am I passionate about? What are my strengths? Um, always work hard, do the best you can for your clients and your teammates and people notice and that's the kind of person that they want on their team. So a lot of opportunities came my way for those reasons. A lot of them, I raised my hand and said, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd really love to do that and, you know, had to uh, apply for it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the disconnects a lot of women have is we do an amazing job and we expect people to just see us and reward us as opposed to what you've done is really put your hand up and be like, I'm here, create something for me. I'm available. I want new challenge. And I think that's how we can create and really build a place for more women to step into leadership roles, uh, such as what you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it does involve taking some risks. And I said, I'm not usually a risk taker, but you really do sometimes have to step into something with confidence, knowing, okay, I can be good at this. I can learn this. Um, even if I don't have all the skills today, I think that's another place where a lot of times women in particular have an opportunity to, uh, you know, there, there's studies out there that say, you know, a man will look at a job description and, uh, you know, oh, I have two of these 10 qualifications, like I'm going to apply for this. And a woman will look at that and say, oh, I only have eight of the 10, you know, I'm not ready yet. And yeah. so being willing to say, okay, I might not, you know, I'm not going to walk in and be perfect tomorrow, but I, I'm confident that I can learn this and, um, you know, raise our hand more often. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody who is thinking about getting into banking or is listening to this and never really thought about being in banking, and, and I'm going to include just the finance bucket in general, um, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to her? I would say it's not as boring as you think it is for starters. And hopefully if, if you've listened this far, you will, <laughs> you'll, you'll see that. I mean, there, it, it really is an innovative industry and it, it's all about people and understanding people and their priorities and helping them. So the banking part is a part of it. Obviously you learn and there's great training programs here. So you, we will teach you about the products and how things work within the company but it's someone who's passionate about helping others and serving people and helping them realize their dreams. That's really what finance and, and banking is all about. So cool. And what roles are available for women in Bank of America, but banking in general too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many. And, and it depends on what their background is, right? Like if you're starting entry level, you know, I, I told my story where I started like more of an analyst role. Um, a lot of people start in the physical brick, brick and mortar bank, you know, like they'll start as uh, a customer service representative, we call them tellers, right? Someone who's facing off with, with customers or clients on a daily basis, and then work their way up. So many people in the bank, that was their, their entry point. Um, but if you've been doing a different career, there could be other, other entry points and other things that make sense. A lot of times we'll hire small business bankers who have been a business owner because they absolutely understand what a business owner goes through. So someone who's willing to to learn um, and have some good sales skills, but has been an entrepreneur might be a value to us. So we, you know, a lot of times we hire people from other banks with other banking experience, but sometimes they have zero banking experience, but they've got 
passion and curiosity and other experiences that make sense. So I would say it's definitely not just one role or one type of person that we look to hire. So our website has, you know, whatever opportunities are, are available at any given time, but it's also good to, to find someone you can talk to about, okay, where, where might be a good fit? Yeah. Yeah. These are the things I'm great at and what are the options? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Beth, this has been so fun. Share with everybody um, if they want to learn more about Bank America, where they can do that and then how they can connect with you. Absolutely. So as far as Bank of America is concerned, I mean, our website is phenomenal. So just bankofamerica.com. If they're an entrepreneur, like there's actually a tab for small business and there's a great resource site there with all kinds of articles and tips, whether you're starting a business or growing and expanding or Uh, If you're looking for access to capital, there's actually an access to capital directory where they can understand, you know, not just traditional loans, but what are grants that are available? What are other community development institutions that I might be able to access? So there's a ton of information there, as well as if you're looking for a specific product or a solution, um, you know, that's the best entry point. If you're looking to start a relationship with like a banker, um, that's where it, it's good to, uh, if you've already got a solution with us, if you're already a customer, you know, reaching out and asking for that, that personal touch, you want to sit down and talk to a specialist and we'll find the right person for you. Um, you can come to me personally, cause I'm going to give you my contact information as well. And I will get you to the right, uh, the right local specialist, wherever you're located. For me, so it's Beth Hoving, H-O-V-I-N-G, I'm sure, um, you know, it'll, it will be on the podcast, but um, I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's probably the best way to initially connect with me and find me. Um, but also my email address is just beth.hoving at bofa.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was this is as much fun as every time I get to talk to you, Emmy, when we're at NABO meetings. And uh, it's been so great to welcome you to Charlotte. Oh, thank you. And like you, like my first time in Charlotte was a year ago. And I got off the plane, got to Uptown, and I was like, oh, I'm home. Mm-hmm. And I've loved being here for the last, I think, seven months, eight months, however long it's been. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's my hope that you find at least one nugget of value in each episode of Women Who Build Empires. And if that's true, please follow and share Women Who Build Empires with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your support is what will help this podcast be found by more women just like you.